Hi, I'm Jacqueline Kinser, and for the past five years, I've been helping families all around the globe to overcome their breastfeeding challenges. And this is the first non-clinical breastfeeding podcast that shows you how to rock breastfeeding and master motherhood through practical tips, mindset shifts, and honest conversation to create a confident and empowering breastfeeding journey. This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Welcome back to Breastfeeding Talk Milk Motherhood Mindset. Today, we have a brand new guest on the show, and her name is Carla Castro. And I'm really excited to do this episode because this is a topic that I don't feel like I have a ton of expertise in, I have some experience with, uh, but I really would love all the listeners out there to get some awesome education tips and feel more confident with this. And we're going to be talking about baby wearing today. And Carla is actually a trained baby wearing educator and consultant, and she got her training through the Center for Baby Wearing Studies. And welcome to the show. I'm just happy to have you here, Carla. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. And a fun fact about Carla, since you all can't see her right now, she's actually wearing her baby right now who's asleep. So I had no idea when we like first hopped on here to record and then she showed me. And that's the fun thing about baby wearing is that you can like just do other life things and not have to hold your baby in arms all the time. Yeah, I was very uh, nervous. I thought, am I going to be able to time it just right? But honestly, when it's ready for her nap and I can just put her in the carrier, I know she'll fall asleep. So <laughs> it worked. Oh, it's perfect. And if she wakes up, you know, we have a bunch of moms listening who might be wearing their babies right now too. So, hey, that's just how it is. <laughs> Real life. <laughs> yes. Well, I would love to know, how did you get into baby wearing? Obviously, it's something that you do, but not everyone ends up you know, becoming someone who's a baby wearing educator and knowing so much about it. And probably a lot of our listeners don't even know this is like a thing. So I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So baby wearing is actually a broken tradition for me. Nobody in my family um, wore their baby um, that at least I could remember. Looking back at some pictures, I did find a picture of my dad wearing my youngest sister. Um, and I was 10 at the time. And so perhaps that stayed in my mind, but I don't have an actual memory of it, uh, of anybody around me doing it. My first, um, I remember uh, reading about it, you know, Googling things. And I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. This is something holding her in a carrier. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, when she was born, I had a stretchy wrap, which I think so many of us have started with one of those. Um, Just a really long piece of fabric that's really soft and stretchy. And we loved it. We loved it because I've got uh, four Velcro babies, I say. (laughs) They always just wanted to be stuck on me. And it was just such a practical thing for me to do, put her in the carrier and just go about my day. So I started with my first baby 10 years ago. She just turned 10 and it was just kind of a natural progression with the second. I just, you know, put her in the carrier. And when I had my second, a friend introduced me to different kinds of carriers, which was just mind blowing. I was like, wow, Uh, it was really amazing to, you know, feel different fabrics, woven wraps, med eyes, structured carriers, all kinds of things. And so it was really Um, eye-opening to see that there were so many options. And it's around the time that I got involved with my local baby wearing group, just, you know, online, listening to conversations or reading, I should say, conversations or joining in on conversation, posting questions, um, joining meetups, which is really huge back then, back when we could get together (laughs) with people. Oh, yes. Um, I remember those days. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just meeting up with people who are 
like-minded and who are interested in something like babies, we're all kind of in the trenches with you. It was a really um, amazing time to connect and bond with other people. So baby wearing became more than just carrying my baby. It became about community and became about a hobby for me too. You know, just learning how to use different carriers, borrowing from the lending library and just having something new every couple of weeks to try on. It was a lot of fun. And um, then a few of our leaders locally thought, well, you know, there's so many of us um, that are into this. Why don't we look into getting, you know, certified or trained through uh, Center for Baby Wearing Studies? And we brought in the educator out here um, where we're located and she came trained and quite a few of us took the training, um, but only a few of us have left uh, or, or left, I should say, still doing it as a teaching, you know, uh, or as a job, basically teaching others um that's kind of that's kind of been my journey so it went from you know being taught myself learning and then just helping other parents around me and then just seeing that um more parents needed help so getting trained was the next step yeah Mm, yeah that makes so much sense and it's amazing that you are this resource for your community out there and I feel like that's you know kind of how I got into what I did is you know I needed help with breastfeeding. And then I started going to La Leche League meetings. And then I decided I wanted to help other moms and I did it informally. And then I made it something formal. So that's how a lot of us end up doing what we do. Yeah. yeah. And I, I still remember too, I don't know, I guess I, I just early on got on the baby wearing bandwagon. Someone, maybe it was in my, my Bradley method class or something. Somehow I just knew about it. And, and I think I, had like a Moby wrap or something that I got on my, um, what do you call it? Baby registry. My brain just forgot that word. So that was cool. And then I got an ergo and a ring sling and, you know, there's all these different types, but I do remember many times I would be out, I'd be wearing my baby and I'd be at the grocery store or target or the park or wherever. And these women, particularly older women would come up to me, even older men. And they would say, wow, that is so cool. I wish I had that when I had my babies. And I'm thinking, um, I'm pretty sure this is like rooted in some very old traditions and they did have baby wearing, but you just weren't aware. So I, I would love, you're probably really good at this. You probably know a lot of the history of baby wearing. It's not new. Uh, and this is is something that has been practiced in cultures in many places around the world. So please, please enlighten us on that. Well, something I like to say is that baby wearing is as ancient as humanity. Um, because I think a lot of times new parents, like you don't know what you don't know, right? And when you come into parenthood, it's a whole new world, <laughs> literally. You've never been exposed to this before, most of us anyways. Um, and so it really feels like you're discovering things for the first time. But in reality, baby wearing is a practice that's been around since humans were around, you know, for centuries and centuries. Um, all over the world, there's evidence of baby wearing being practiced and just people using materials that were on hand around them. Um, you know, depending on the climate, that's the kind of wearing that they would use. You know, in warmer climates, you would see um, thinner cloths or even netting, um, you know, things woven into nets so that babies have a lot more um, air, you know, airflow. In colder climates, you see um, like the Amauti and Amauti babies being worn like in a parka, in the hood of a parka, you know, so uh, right up against your your skin so that the body heat helps to keep them warm. Um, Just all over the world, we see it on every continent and it's really beautiful, um, but it's also um, something that makes you think, whoa, okay, so it is a broken tradition for all of us. Um, And what does that mean? Well, it means that 
for some people, baby wearing is um, a way to kind of reclaim your roots to say, okay, I'm, I'm kind of um, now reclaiming this practice and having this connection with my ancestry. Um, sometimes you're able to uh, use very similar carriers that your ancestors used. Um, in some places, you no longer find them, especially if they were, for example, baskets. Like I'm thinking in Europe, they use baskets, for example, um, you don't find those anymore. People don't really make those, but in places like um, in Africa, Central and South America, where they'll use cloth, you still find people using those same cloths nowadays that they use hundreds, thousands of years ago. So um, I think it's a, important to recognize that it is not new. It's not a trend. It you know, It's not something that people in the last 50, 60, 100 years have discovered. It's something that is now becoming more mainstream for sure, especially in Western society. Um, but it's something that everybody should do because as my instructor, Joanna, always says, it's a baby's birthright to be carried close. And, and uh, whether it's a broken tradition or not for us, um, it's really important for the baby mother dyad to, to have that closeness to each other and baby wearing helps you with that. Oh, wow. That's just such a beautiful kind of explanation and, and a summary of, you know, where this all comes from. And uh, yeah, I remember I went to a baby wearing meeting, like you're describing, and someone there had traveled and they got an actual sort of wrap, the woven fabric from Africa, and they brought it. And I remember that we all sat there at that meeting and we had no idea how to use it. And even the baby wearing educators were like, I think this takes some special skill. Like we want to make sure we use this safely and we don't know. It does not come with an instruction book like the ones you buy in the store. And I remember the the leader of the group was like, you know, I'm going to take this home and I'm going to play around with it with my baby. And I thought, wow, that is so cool. That was my first experience knowing like, hey, this isn't just something that, you know, has taken off as some sort of trend, you know, in in our culture here. So thank you so much for, for diving into that. And I love what you said about just, you know, sort of reclaiming it and, and that connection to the ancestors, because it's not just one culture, so many. And I think sometimes people have these images in their head um, that they may have seen, like you mentioned the baskets. I know I've seen that like old black and white images of babies in baskets. So that's really cool. I didn't know where that came from. Yeah. All over the world. And, and, in a lot of cultures, like you're saying, you have this carrier here and you're like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't have instructions. But in a lot of these cultures, it's something that you see growing up. You see your aunties, you see your grandmother, you see your uncles, your cousins. Everybody takes a turn carrying the babies. And it's something that you kind of grow up having almost like a sixth sense about. And you don't even think about it. You grow up, you have your own babies and you know how to do this. Here in our culture, again, because it's a, that broken tradition, we're having to learn it from written manuals. We're having to learn it from YouTube videos, or we go to meetups, you know, to learn from other people who've got maybe two, three years of experience um, ahead of us to, to teach us. Um, but it's really important to realize also that this there's this kind of community aspect to baby wearing, this passing down of knowledge. It's something that... Um, you can watch all the YouTube videos, you know, you can or want, you can uh, read all the instruction manuals, but sometimes, a lot of the time, really, for some people, it's just really important to have that one-on-one -on -one and that um, group kind of learning experience and learning by watching somebody else doing it, um, especially here. And I think that that is where 
maybe a lot of the concern with safety comes into play, like, oh no, I don't know how to use this. Is it safe? Um, and I always say that baby wearing inherently is safe, you know, um, but because we've lost that instinct in us here, then we kind of second guess ourselves and we think, okay, we have to have all of these instructions and all of these kind of protocol so that people can kind of almost wake up that sense in them that, okay, this is how you do it. Oh, and as you practice it, it becomes second nature to you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really neat thing to be able to learn from other people and to learn something like this in that community aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's so much value in that for so many things related to parenting and breastfeeding, especially again, you can watch these YouTube videos, but when someone actually helps you latch the baby or you see Mm. someone else doing it well, um, it it makes such a difference. And, you know, I will say uh, for anybody who's on the fence about this and, and, you know, if if you're reemerging out into the world with the pandemic, um, there is so much value in going to community groups like this. Um, I definitely felt like I found my tribe uh, as a new mom, uh, really kind of being the first among my friends to have children, going to baby wearing meetings or meetups or mom's groups and other people wearing babies and and me learning those nuances from people where they would say in the most kindest way possible that, that carrier's not quite positioned optimally. Let's help you out with that. And I'm like, great. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know, you know, yeah. and then, and then inevitably we would be talking about, you know, some other stuff, right. And, and we'd become friends and we'd you know, do play dates and things. So it's, I, I loved feeling so supported by something as simple as baby wearing. Um, yeah. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves either here. Um, but I think there might be a lot of people who kind of get overwhelmed by the topic where they feel like, you know, this is something that they know is good for their baby and they want to do it. And they like the idea of being hands-free. And then sometimes they end up choosing a carrier that, you know, they read some online reviews kind of a thing or a friend loved it. Um, but maybe, you know, in this case, this parent doesn't love it or this baby doesn't love it or, or whatever. Right. So there's so many out there and I feel like sometimes it's like decision fatigue. So maybe we could talk about what are, what are kind of the basic different types of carriers and then maybe what kind of situations or, or, or not even situations, but you know, what, what kind of person might benefit from different types or do better with those, um, like demystifying it a little bit for people, because I have definitely had questions from clients, especially when they're pregnant and they say, you know, I want a carrier, I can feed the baby. And, and I'm like, well, for me personally, I wasn't one and done. I feel like once you get on the baby wearing bandwagon, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of an addiction and you end up buying a lot of carriers or checking them out from your baby wearing library. Like I did, but, um, I just, yeah, I don't know. And and then I live in Arizona where it's like hot for a lot of the year too. Yeah. So some of the, some of the other ones like a Moby wrap didn't seem very comfortable for me or my baby. So I went with a linen ring sling for instance, yes. but I'm throwing all these words out here, assuming our listeners know them and they might be like, what is a ring sling? So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the different types. Yeah, we, we tend to kind of group them into five main types. Um, so the first type would be stretchy wraps. So those are things or wraps, I should say, long fabric wraps that are made of knit fabric. So think t-shirt material and the stretchiness varies. Some of them are a little bit less stretchy. Some of them are very, very stretchy, but the idea is still the same, that they're a long piece of fabric um, that you wrap around yourself and baby. And it feels, it should feel like you're wearing a shirt 
and you almost think that you're never going to fit a baby in there, but the fabric stretches and it just kind of holds babies snugly. Think of like a swaddle, you know, the swaddle. Why do we swaddle babies, right? Because they kind of like feeling that um, compression and it helps with the with the whole moral reflex. And so baby wearing has that same effect and a stretchy wrap, especially because it, it stretches like that, it kind of hugs them to you. So stretchy wraps are one, but like you said, if you're in a hot climate, those might not be ideal because you need three layers of fabric for optimal security because it's so stretchy um, as baby gets older and they're able to push up. And we all know babies are a lot stronger than we imagine when they're little, they can push away from you. And so you need three layers of fabric and it can be very, very hot. Uh, so if you live in a cooler climate, something like that is wonderful. And a lot of people like them for the newborn stage because you can leave them on throughout the day and literally just take baby out, put them back in without ever having to take the carrier off. Mm. So it's a, it's what we call popable. You can pop baby in and out of the carrier without having to tie it all up again. So um, I did that with my sling so much. Yes. I feel like it was like a scarf that I wore. I have or so nursing many pictures. Cover. Kind of works as a nursing cover too. The ring sling is fantastic for a nursing cover. I still use it when I, whenever I feel like I need to cover up. I just use the ring sling for sure. Um, now, the stretchy wrap also is kind of tricky for breastfeeding, but we'll get into that afterwards. I'm sure. sure. Um, so we've got the stretchy wraps, then we've got woven wraps. So woven wrap, I like to compare the feeling of it to like a tablecloth. It's made of woven fabric, um, whether it's all cotton or cotton linen or goodness, they could be made of, I mean, I've heard of some with camel hair in them, right? You can get really <laughs> fancy with them, silk, hemp, bamboo, all kinds of things, tinsel, um, all kinds of fibers get woven into um, these long wraps that are uh, very similar in length to a stretchy wrap or short like a scarf. And in that case, uh, we can call those either um, a short wrap or if it's specifically made in a place kind of, you know, like Mexico or another place in Central America where they make rebozos, we can call them rebozos. So they're um, shorter wraps um, and you can tie them on the front, on the hip, on the back, uh, and the same with the longer wraps. You can do multitude of carries with those. I I prefer those because they're the most versatile. You can carry a newborn on your front. You can carry a newborn on your back with it. Um, you can do hip carries. You can carry toddlers. I had one wrap that I used to carry two babies in at the same time with one single long wrap. So woven wraps are fantastic. They have a very high weight limit. They're very supportive um, and they're very versatile. Um, they also can be a little overwhelming because of the length, you know, depending on how long it is. Some people might think, oh, that's a lot of fabric. But like anything in life, it just takes a little bit of practice. So that's the second the second category. Uh, stretchy wraps, woven wraps. This, the third one out is stretched carriers or SSC, soft structured carriers are buckle carriers, right? They're the ones that we kind of see at the big, big box stores. Um, they have a padded waist belt with a buckle. They have shoulder straps um, and a little buckle that you clip uh, on your back. And it kind of looks like a backpack kind of. Um, and they're really designed for older babies. And um, nowadays they're making them more adjustable so that you can accommodate a newborn in it too, which is really cool because you don't have to worry about, about inserts. So if you are in a place that is pretty hot and you don't want to fiddle around with a hot insert, you can get one of those adjustable ones um, that become more narrow and shorter to accommodate a smaller baby, but can also expand as your baby grows. So it really grows with you. So you don't have to feel like, 
oh, I have to get another carrier now because my baby outgrew this one. A lot of those will last you a year and a half at least. So it's really uh, worth the investment. Um, and I like to look at it like that. It's, it's an investment, right? Um, especially if you're going to get one that's going to grow with you and your baby. So that's the third one. Um, the next category I'll mention is Medi. And the Medi is an Asian-inspired carrier. So it's similar in it to a buckle carrier because it has a built-in panel, um, but it kind of has a feel of a wrap because it has long straps. So you've got this kind of um, the best of both worlds, I like to say, because you have um, a built-in panel, so you don't have to worry about making a seat or baby uh, straightening their legs or anything like that. You tie it at your waist. Sometimes there's a buckle at the waist. Sometimes it's just um, straps at the waist. And then the shoulder straps you use to wrap around you and really get a very custom fit for yourself. So this is great for people who perhaps are having a hard time finding a buckle carrier that doesn't fit their frame right, maybe because they have a long torso or they're wide-shouldered or, you know, for various reasons, um, soft-structured carries might not fit ideally, but a Medi just gives you, a, you know, a custom fit every time. Um, and they're fantastic. I always feel like they're underutilized and under recognized as being a really great option for people. Um, That's and the true. last one, I, I, I wish that they were used more. And I, I find that you can actually get them fairly inexpensively. I'm sure you can go very expensive as you can with any of these types of carriers. Yes. Um, I know I spent a lot of money ordering some very fancy uh, woven wrap from Europe at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was so gorgeous because um, that's how we get, right? We get all excited about these. It's it, because it's like an attachment to us too, right? It's a piece of us when we wear this thing. So it's it's not like a piece of clothing that you maybe wear once every couple of weeks. You're maybe wearing this every day, but every day. Yeah. yeah. But I love that because yeah, the it's medi is how you say it. Medi. Is that right? Yes, they're wrong all these years. (laughs) Well, well, this is what happened, right? So um, we westernize things. And of course, many of us don't know how to speak Cantonese or Mandarin. Um, It's very different than English, right? So we we started calling it Mai Tai. Um, But a few years ago, I want to say four years ago or so, um, the Asian uh, members in the baby wearing community said, listen, it's actually not pronounced Mai Tai. It's pronounced Medai or Bedai, depending on the dialect that you're using. So we'd really appreciate it if you, you know, just be sensitive to that and respectful and use the appropriate name. Um, And also they ask manufacturers not to kind of chop up the names and like make up their own mashed up versions of names. Just call it what it is. It's a, you know, company ABC's Medai, you know, instead of mashing it up. And so in an effort to support that cause, um, you know, we're trying to make sure that we use the right name. So it's Medi, um, another Asian-inspired carrier is the Anbu Himo. Um, we used to just call it an Anbu, but Anbu just means back carry. Anbu Himo means back carrier. So again, in an effort to be respectful and honoring the tradition and the culture, we call it what it is. And so, yeah, for a lot of us and a lot of people who started baby wearing a few years ago, they they still call it a Mai Tai, but um you'll see now a lot of companies have made the shift and it's uh, pronounced medai or bedai, depending again on the dialect. And honestly, we're never going to get it hundred percent, right? We don't, if you don't speak the language, right? Um, so we just have to do the best that we can. Yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> well, now anyone who listens to this is going to know. And so you yeah. share that with people and, and uh, you know, spread the word because I do yeah. think it's important to honor that. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. And, and the last one I want to mention, you actually mentioned already was the ring sling, um, which is an, another great, uh, I think they all have such amazing pros, right? Um, but with the ring sling, it's fantastic because it's a shorter piece of woven cloth. So it's like the woven wrap. And a lot of times it'll be made from a woven wrap. A lot of people will cut it down and sew a, a couple of rings into it. But it has one um, end where there are a set of aluminum rings sewn in. So think of uh, those D ring belts that were really famous, you know, years back, uh, where you kind of just thread through the rings, and then it secures itself like that. That's how a ring sling functions. You thread the one end into the rings, and through both, then over one, and then it locks into place. And by lifting the ring, you're able to loosen it, or by pulling the fabric, you're able to tighten it. And it's a great carrier because it's lightweight, you can usually find it made of linen, which is really breathable fabric. It's one shouldered and it's one layer of fabric over you and baby. So it keeps you really um, a lot cooler than a lot of other options. Um, but it is just one shouldered. So uh, for some people, they find it puts too much strain on one side because it's not symmetrical. So a, a trick that some people use is just switch sides every, you know, once in a while, 30 minutes, an hour, however long you're wearing you kind of switch sides and then you give your body more of a symmetrical um i don't know experience throughout your baby wearing um time so yeah those are the five main categories and then you can get into hybrids and i mean it's a whole you know again it's a whole sure. world out there but those are the main types of carriers yeah, that's no, it's so helpful, Carla. Thank you for giving such excellent verbal descriptions of those too. I'm, I kind of even forgot about one of the types that you've mentioned. So that was so neat to get like a little refresher in my memory. And, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things is, uh, you know, I think there, I, I don't think there's anybody that would say there's a downside to baby wearing. Um, but if they're struggling with it, you know, they might just say, oh, it's not for me, or my baby doesn't like it. And, um, there's a learning curve, like you said, right? So that's that's important to just acknowledge and kind of be patient with. I remember pulling up YouTube videos and having to pause. I'm like, this lady is going too fast. Wait, what did she do with this, you know, strap over here? And <laughs> so it's easy to get overwhelmed, especially if you're like a sleep deprived new mom and you've, you know, you've got all these things going on. But once you get the hang of it, I promise you guys it's so worth it. Um, but there is also the Absolutely. aspect that we've kind of touched on here and there, which is safety of baby wearing. Yeah. And I like how you said baby wearing is inherently safe. Um, yeah. and I love that because I, I think that if we look at it through that lens, great, you know, but I think that I've had questions from people, especially dads who maybe, you know, they haven't, they haven't carried the baby in the womb and they don't, they don't quite have that same initial connection that a mother might have. Uh, and they'll be just kind of fearful, you know, well, what if, what if the strap comes out or what if it unbuckles? What if, what yeah. if the baby just falls out? You know, <laughs> like, well, unless you're doing something really wrong, um, it's probably not going to happen. And I can attest to this, um, that I have used a buckled soft structure carrier. And I, I don't know if this is just because it was an older model or if they're still this way, but I uh, uh, several times realized that I actually didn't buckle the carrier fully, but it's mm. almost like a double click. So even yes. though I didn't get that last click, I was still secure and safe and nothing ever unclicked or unbuckled. Um, and mm. I only realized it when I went to unbuckle it. So I feel like they kind of build in some things for us in those carriers, but I'd love for you to talk about safe baby wearing. A lot of people wonder, you know, is it okay for the babies 
legs to be spread so wide? Is that bad for their hips? That's a common question I get. So, you know, I know that it's okay, but I guess I just don't know why. So maybe you could tell us. Yeah. So yeah, just to reiterate that baby wearing in itself is, is safe. Um, but as, as I was mentioning, you know, we've kind of lost that, um, sixth sense about it, right. To know what it should look like, how it should feel. Um, and so we have guidelines, um, but uh, let me answer that question first before I move on to like uh, the guidelines that I, I like to recommend. Um, but with regards to baby's hips, so we know from, um, you know, research done on healthy hip development that having a baby in a deep seated squat is developmentally appropriate, developmentally healthy for them. And what that looks like is a baby, if you're just holding your baby in your arms or on your chest you'll see that they curl up and their knees will, they'll bring their knees up to their tummy. And so their legs will form this kind of an M shape where it goes from the ankle up to the knee, down to the bum, up to the other knee and down to the ankle. So it looks like an M. And so that M shape is what you're trying to preserve with a carrier. So when we're thinking about a carrier and fitting a baby into a carrier, it's better if you think of it as making the carrier support baby in their natural position. So you're not trying to stuff a baby in a carrier. You're trying to accommodate the carrier to support baby in the position they're already in. So you're never going to try and put baby into the carrier. You want baby on your chest, and then you're going to bring the carrier up and around them. So that will help us maintain that posture that they naturally go into, which is that deep-seated squat and that nice soft curve to their back. And Um, in a way that they're just resting on your body so that their airway is open as well. So if you look at it that way, as opposed to, okay, I'm going to make this baby fit into this carrier, then that kind of helps because sometimes what we're trying to do is the opposite. And then we disturb the shape that baby has and we can get into, um, you know, issues of uh, not feeling right, not fitting right, baby being uncomfortable, baby protesting. So, um, making sure that the carrier respects baby's shape is super important, which is also going to mean that not every carrier is going to work for you, especially with a newborn. Um, As your baby grows older, you can use more of a variety of carriers, but if you're really wanting to preserve that shape, um, something that is more uh, moldable, softer, um, that allows you to mold the fabric to to fit baby will be a lot more convenient, I suppose, or make it a lot simpler. Um, And in regards to safety, there are a lot of different acronyms that people like to use to kind of remember these key points. Um, Some of you have heard of TICS, for example, uh, T-I-C-K-S, tends to be long and people tend to forget what it is. So there's another one called the ABCs. And it's three things. I really like the ABCs because it's super simple to remember. Um, When it comes to baby wearing um, comfortably and securely, uh, A, stands for airway. So is baby's airway clear? Is there any fabric that is covering their face? You never want to have anything covering their face. You want their chin to be off their chest always. If baby's chin is touching their chest, then their airway is compromised. So if they do slump down, you want to make sure you elevate that chin up again and make sure that their back is supported. So A is for airway, clear airway all the time that you can see at all times. Um, And that is why we wear babies so high up on our chests. We say um, a lot of times you'll hear tummy to tummy, but it's really more tummy to chest. 
You want them nice and high so that they're kissable. You can easily kiss the top of their head. And that way you can easily make sure that their airway is clear because you can see them, you can feel them, you can hear them. Um, the second part is B. So B is for body positioning. Um, how are they positioned? Are they slumping? Is their back supported? Is there um, is the carrier supporting their legs in the natural M position, the deep seated squat? That's all going to ensure that baby is uh, nice and secure in, in the carrier that you have. And for yourself as well, are you having to arch your back to compensate for baby being too low? In that case, being bring baby up. Are your shoulders rounding? Is your hips, are your hips um, tucked in under you or are they aligned properly? So your body positioning is also very important because that'll make sure you're not getting sore. You're not getting a sore back or sore shoulders. It'll make sure that you're able to wear for longer periods of time and that you won't, you know, sustain an injury from um, straining yourself in an uncomfortable position. So the next one is C, which is comfort. Comfort for you and comfort for baby. Um, you mentioned people saying, oh, my baby hates being worn. Well, I would ask, what do you mean by that? I would ask, what is baby's behavior that is making you think that they hate it? Or what are you referring to? And just keep asking questions. And then you usually we get down to the root cause of it. Um, and it could be something as simple as um, their toes were being scrunched because their pajamas were um, you know, too tight at the feet. Oh, well, in that case, you just make sure that once you're all secured, you've got all the buckles done up or everything tied off, you make sure you pull out some of that fabric that got bunched up in the legs and pull that out and make sure their toes are free to wiggle. And for some people, that does the trick. It could be that baby has reflux. It could be that baby is too hot. You know, it could be that um, perhaps the fabric is a bit too scratchy on baby's neck. Um, perhaps baby is tongue tied. And they have a lot of tension in their body and it's kind of uncomfortable for them to be curled up in this position. So then seeing somebody for that is going to, you know, help release a lot of that tension in their body and be more comfortable in that tucked up position. So if you keep those three things in mind, the ABCs, airway, body position, comfort, and then you start to ask questions, despite all of these things being okay, something feels off or baby's uh, behavior is still concerning, then we ask more questions and we dig deeper to find out okay, what's causing it because ultimately babies want to be held close, right? It's their innate um, desire to be close to you for safety, for comfort, for nourishment. So if they're protesting, there's a reason behind it. And, you know, having people to support you in that and help you figure it out is going to make a big difference. Mm. Oh my gosh. Such excellent points. I love it. These are all so great. So I feel like people can just like listen and take notes. Um, <laughs> but just no, listen and just take it in. Um, it's funny you say that. Cause I mean, I, you know, I guess my babies for the most part, you know, I, I must've been wearing them well or whatever. And they, they were fine. I learned good habits early on. So I never had to like, you know, I just kind of was like, uh, someone help me. Um, but I did find, you know, I still to this day shed tons of hair, but somehow have lots on my head, but especially postpartum, we get a lot of that hair shed. Yes. And most of the time there was like a hair that got twirled around a finger or a toe. And I would later discover that. And it just, you know, it gets stuck in the fabric of the wrap or something. And it was always one of those funny things. Like I'd be like, Oh, I thought they were fussy. <laughs> and there's a little yeah. hair wrapped around yeah. a finger or something. Um, so it's, you know, it could be one of those little things, like you said, it's usually not the baby wearing itself, right? It's something else. Yeah. And it's, it's good to ask questions and to not, um, give up 
too early. You know, I, there's been very, very, very few cases where baby wearing has just not worked out for someone. But usually when we're able to kind of dig a little deeper, we're able to find the root cause that's causing the issue and, and help support that that family out, right? To find the, the more um, suitable position or carrier, whatever it is that's gonna help them out. Um, because as you just reminded me, there's this one time, right? my baby was fussing and crying. We could not figure out what it was. And then you do the whole like undress them thing, right? There's something. Yep. Well, we found, um, you know, little tiny baby socks, they come all in little bunches. And there was a piece of that plastic tag still in that one sock. And that was poking oh. her foot. Oh, and we just felt so bad, but yeah, you just, you just never know what it is, right? It could be something so small, something that you completely overlooked. Um, and usually it's something very minor, but sometimes it could be something more like like tongue ties, lip ties, or um, even uh, food sensitivities, right? Because their tummies are upset and things like that, but yeah. usually it resolves itself. And you just kind of have to um, be determined to plug through those kind of hard times or if teething is a factor. Yeah, quite a few things, but ultimately they want to be close to you. They want to be held close. It, it really helps them calm down. And so there are options out there and there are lots of people willing to support families in this area. So Yes. I love that. Well, it's just like, you know, we have, uh, you know, sleep coaches or consultants, we have lactation consultants, and then there's, you know, baby wearing coaches and consultants. So I love that because there's all these different aspects. And because like you said, it's this forgotten tradition, you know, now we, we need to relearn these things. So there, there's Absolutely. that help available. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on the hot topic of nursing while baby wearing, <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, it was definitely a learning curve when I did it because, uh, when I was nursing, I was very large breasted. And so, uh, you know, kind of initially had like the boob that was two times the size of my baby's head and I did not even attempt it early on, but, um, you know, I did end up mastering it and it was to the point where I'd be out, you know, somewhere in public. Right. And I'd be just, you know, oh, the baby's hungry, cool. Latch it on in the carrier, just kind of adjust. And then inevitably someone would come up to me, like usually an elderly person. And they would be like, Oh, look at your sweet baby sleeping in there. And their face is like over the baby's face. And they still wouldn't know that I was nursing. Yeah. Like it was so cool. And from my view, I had a full view. Like I thought the whole world could see what's going on yes. in that carrier. No, they had no clue. And sometimes they would even get close enough where they were like, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like you really didn't see anything, you know? And so that was kind of cool because it was like, I could nurse anywhere, anytime. I didn't have to stop my life to continue breastfeeding, which was great. Yeah. Um, and that's like the holy grail of breastfeeding, by the way, is that you don't need to sit down and get the nursing pillow and all of that. Yeah. Um, but too, in that connection, that super responsive parenting that I could develop between myself and my child. Um, and, and yeah, just so many things. So there's a lot we could talk about. I will let you take the reins on that, but tell us more about that. Um, I feel like that is just something that most parents tell me they want to learn. Yeah. When it comes to breastfeeding and baby Ray, when you're able to master both together, and again, not everyone can do that, um, but but if you're able to do that, it's just, it's life-changing. <laughs> but even just um, having the ability to 
uh, use your carrier as a nursing aid even, or like you said, the ring sling as a cover, things like that are super helpful. Um, but the one thing we will say is that we recommend that. And when I say we, is this is just kind of um, in baby wearing in general, we recommend that uh, you master breastfeeding first and baby wear like separately and then baby wearing separately before you try and combine the two because they're two totally separate skills that if you're trying to learn both things at the same time, it can be a little overwhelming. And then that postpartum stage, that fourth trimester stage, you're learning so many things already that you don't need that added stress of trying to combine them right away, right? So master breastfeeding first, get a hang of that first and, and just take your time with it. And once you've got that down and you're confident that you can breastfeed outside the house, you know, without all your gear, that you can do it without, you know, feeling stressed out, then introduce the carrier. And there are some carriers that are a little bit more um, adaptable to this than others. Um, a stretchy wrap, for example, is one of the most tricky ones to do uh, just because of the nature of it and how many layers you've got. You can't really just loosen it up to bring baby down to, you know, breast level and bring them back up. Um, it's a little, the nature of the stretchy wrap is just doesn't lend itself very well to that. You can do a um, cradle style hold in it. So you'll have to take baby out partially, adjust them, and then um, hold them in that position. Um, but other carriers will be a little bit more convenient for this. And I should say that baby wearing while breastfeeding is also not necessarily a hands-free situation, especially for a younger baby. Older babies, toddlers, they're going to be fine hands-free, but because um, they can support themselves, they can support their airway, they can, you know, move away from the breast if they're feeling a little bit smothered, but a, a younger baby doesn't have those skills yet. So you really need to be fully aware of what you're doing and always one hand, either supporting baby or supporting your breast. And especially if, depending on your size, um, that might be a little bit um, something to consider, right? So just adjusting for that. Um, so just something to keep in mind because you don't want to have baby buried in there or um, you'd still need to be conscious of what you're doing. Um, but it's great to, you know, have one hand free at least. So you could be, you know, at a restaurant or something and you're using your carrier to support baby and just one hand to kind of gently support their head. And you're still, you know, eating your meal or um, you're helping a child out, you know, you're holding your other child's hand or at the park or whatever it is you're doing, you still have one hand free to do that. Um, a ring sling is a great one for nursing, um, even for bottle feeding, right? Because you can do a cradle carry. So just adjust baby into more of a um, reclined position and they can nurse, they can, or you can use your bottle to feed them as well. Um, and then you bring baby back up to that upright position, close enough to kiss, readjust the carrier. So um, yeah, so make sure you master both skills separately. Uh, it's not a hands-free um, activity. Um, the other thing is that when you are adjusting the carrier, don't let go of like the buckles or the knots too quickly, lower baby down gently, latch them on, re-secure your carrier, nurse, nurse, nurse. Once they're done actively nursing, unlatch baby, bring them back up, secure your carrier, readjust it so that it's nice and snug again, and then tie it off or buckle it off and you're good to go. Um, sometimes you might want to take a minute to burp your baby if, if your baby needs to be burped, but usually that's all you need to do. And um, 
it makes things, it's a game changer really when you can do it. And for some of us, like I didn't master it with my first or my second, it wasn't until my third that I was really just feeling, okay, I I can do this. And I had, um, I was using a ring sling more, more, uh, regularly. And that was a lot easier because again, it's just one layer of fabric, just a flick of the, just a little lift of the sling of the sling rings. So those aluminum rings and you lower baby quickly, latch them on, and you can use the tail to cover if you need to, or as shade, or, um, you don't have to, if you don't want to, but it was really convenient. That's my ultimate favorite. If you want to really get really good at breastfeeding and baby wearing, I suggest a ring sling for sure. Mm, Yeah, no, I love what you said about, you know, mastering both skills separately. I think that is such great advice, really, really necessary. So don't, don't get ahead of yourself there. I think you can just like do it all at once. Um, and the other thing I, I think is worth mentioning too is, is like you said, you know, your the baby's there, you just adjust the carrier, you lower them, nurse, uh, you know, burp, whatever, and then, you know, kind of bring them back up and then readjust the carrier. The cool thing for me was always that, you know, it's really normal for babies to breastfeed, to fall asleep. And so if they nurse and they fall asleep and then they're right there and you don't have to move them, then they stay asleep. And that is such a gift, especially if, you know, you're, you're not able to just go home and take them for a nap or what have you. Right. So I, I feel like my babies pretty much never napped at home because I was just always somewhere with them in a carrier, especially once I had my second child, um, you know, I'm taking them to the park and on train rides and this and that and all the things. And, you know, just nurse and sleep, nurse and sleep with the little squish in the carrier. So it's such a great thing if you're able to do it um, and you do master it because that is so nice. And then I've always found with the ring sling, I would use it less as a nursing cover, but more of a sun shade for my baby. If they did fall asleep, I could kind of hold it over their head if I was, you know, walking and the sun was in their face or something like that. Um, and just, you know, so many great, awesome features. I also loved any carriers that had pockets on them, like little zipper <laughs> pockets. Uh, cause you know, you just yes. put, you just put your things in there. Right. So, very um, convenient. so convenient, so convenient. Um, are there any, I love how you said the ring sling can be great for nursing in. Um, I also found stru- soft structure carrier worked well. I did find the stretchy wrap did not, that was yeah. <laughs> just not easy for me. Um, and now I know why would there be any that are better if you're maybe smaller breasted or larger breasted, like one versus another, or is it about the size of the carrier? How, you know, I'm just curious for people who might have just different variations, different body types, like what tends to, are there trends of something that works better for someone versus another person? Um, well, I think that if you're able to try things out, uh, because we, we like to say, and then when I say we just in general baby wearing, we say that carriers are like jeans, right? They'll fit everybody differently. Um, and so even though say two people are very large chested, one might have a longer torso than the other. And so everything plays a role in that. So not just your chest size, but also your torso length, also how broad your shoulders are. That's how the carrier will um, fit on you. Like that'll affect how the carrier will fit on you. Um, So I think it's not so much the carrier as compared to your breast size, but more so I would also consider um, 
something like your flow as well, right? So if you're able to, um, like, for example, this particular baby, I had a very strong letdown and nursing her in any position other than reclined or laying down was very difficult at the beginning for the first few months, because even just cradling her in my arms was too much for her. Um, So for some people, they're going to have to maybe place baby in that upright position, seated, kind of like in front of you. Um, And so something like a buckle carrier will work for anyone, regardless of your chest size, because then you just kind of lower baby in that upright position and they just literally come down to that, um, to the breast and they're neither below the breast or at level, they could be a little bit above. And so that kind of helps so they don't choke on the milk. Um, so things like that you also have to consider. Um, so, and I'm not necessarily, you know, that large, but I just, that was something I had to consider was the flow. So it took a while to be able to nurse her in a carrier. Um, she had to be a little bit older and able to handle milk. And also I couldn't do a cradle carry where she was below the milk had to be either at the level or just a little bit above. (laughs) So things like that will play a part. So that's why it's important to kind of master both. So you kind of get a feel for, okay, what's your breastfeeding relationship like? What does baby prefer? What do you prefer? And then the carrier will adjust to that. So if you Mm. guys like a cradle, um, something like a woven wrap or a ring sling will be great. If you prefer kind of keeping baby upright, a soft structured carrier or a med eye will be fantastic because you don't really need to readjust them. You just need to let out the straps, lower baby down, and they're already there. So I think it's looking at the whole picture and then finding the carrier that works for you. However, if, if all you have is a structured carrier, then, you know, having someone to help you make that work is, is going to be key. So I always say, if you're not plugged into your local baby wearing group, get plugged into that because the leaders are going to be a wealth of knowledge for you. If you have a local baby wearing educator to you, get plugged in with their courses or classes or um, workshops, whatever they're offering, or one-on-one consultations um, to help you get a good fit. Or there's lots of us also doing online stuff that even online, we can kind of do a fit check and kind of help you um, figure out the best positioning. Um, And if you don't have a carrier yet, if you have a lending library nearby, that's a great resource because then you'll be able to find the right fit before you invest into one. Um, So you can see what'll work best for your situation, you know? Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So many good tips. And um, I'm going to link this up in the show notes, but um, Carla has a free guide, how to choose a carrier that's perfect for you. And it's beautiful. So even just for that, like go and download that. Um, but it's really great. And, and of course she's available for more help, um, through the baby wearing club and everything as well, because as we all know, like, you know, if, if you're struggling with something, you can't get on your own, then, you know, yeah, seek out that help, seek out that community aspect. And it's just so powerful. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I guess I don't pay attention to it as much anymore just because I'm not wearing my own kids and I'm so sad. Um, I probably could, I probably could pop my five-year-old into something. Um, <laughs> she's absolutely. I should bust it out and do that. Um, <laughs> at, well, yeah, actually she might, she's probably right about it. The weight limit of one of them that I have. Um, but speaking of which, you know, there are, there are, uh, like more toddler carriers too. So it's not yes. like, you don't only have to do this for a short time. Like you said, it grows with you a lot of the yes. time now. Um, or there are ones that way. And I feel like, and I don't, I don't want to make generalizations, but a lot of the families I work with, you know, will just, 
you know, spend all this time reading reviews, consumer reports, whatever about, you know, baby strollers or car seats or whatever. And those things are important too. Um, but then we've, you know, baby wearing is so, so great. And I know I found out the hard way, thankfully the stroller was a hand-me-down. I did not spend a bunch of money on one, but that my first baby hated the stroller. Like I thought I would be able to put the baby in. We go on a little walk around the neighborhood. It would be fine. No, that is not the way it worked yeah. out. My second baby, she loved the stroller and she also loved being worn. So yeah. the only way I eventually sold the stroller, I think when he was like six months old, because we had just never used it. I kept trying mm-hmm. and it was a no-go. So sometimes we get all these things on our baby registry and we think they're going to work great. And you go, oh, that actually doesn't work great at all. We didn't need the wipe warmer. <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't need, you know, this or that, or right. You know, or you end up with all these bottles you never use and all kinds of stuff. So um, if anybody is is listening and thinking of, you know, how do I know what kind of carrier to even start with or whatever, Carla's guide is fantastic. And especially if you're thinking of like, if you want to add one to your registry, because who doesn't love other people buying you cool baby stuff? It's an amazing thing to add to your registry, you know, because I think not a lot of people think of it, but it's good to have right, right away, you know, because you just don't know how your baby's going to be. And they might be like, I call mine Velcro babies or koala bears because they just want to be on me all the time. And having it handy is, is so important. And, you know, the top three benefits that, that I love to share with people is, you know, freedom. It gives you freedom to be able to go anywhere, do anything within reason, of course. Right. Um, But literally it gives you that freedom to be hands-free, to be able to feed yourself, wash your face, brush your teeth, um, pour yourself a, a cup of tea or help your older children or take out the trash just for some fresh air, go to the mailbox, you know, just these little things that we often take for granted that once we have a baby, um, we realize um, that we can't necessarily do it one-handed or because my baby just wants to be with me. Um, you still have that freedom to be able to have body autonomy and just get up and go. Um, also just builds, you know, confidence in a parent to be able to um, read your baby's cues and to be able to um, respond to them uh, in a way that is appropriate to what they're asking of you. Um, it's huge for your for your um, self-esteem as a, a new parent. You're like, okay, I actually can do this because you can. Um, and it also just lends itself to creating that calmness in your baby because that's what calms them is being close to you, knowing that they are safe, knowing that they will be comforted, knowing that they are close to their nourishment, that all their needs are going to be met, makes them more calm. So having a calm baby builds confidence. Being confident means that you're able to just go about your day and do the things you want to do. Um, and just baby wearing is a really great resource, a great tool for any parent, you know, and and not not to think of it in the short term, like, oh, only my newborn. Like, like you mentioned, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, you know, some kids for whatever reasons, for all kinds of reasons, um, might still need to be carried once in a while every day. You know, it all depends on, on your child, but um, there are lots of carriers out there that are preschool-sized even um, that will go up to like 75 pounds, you know, a lot of them 65, 75 pounds for lots of different reasons they're out there. Um, some of us live in really urban areas where you know, we have to take transit, we have to take a train or buses, and it might just be more convenient to just take baby in the carrier than a stroller. And mentioning strollers, I think we have to also remember it's not, you know, stroller or baby wearing. It's okay to use both. You know, it's okay yes. to, 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 to 
to have both, you know, and then if it, the stroller doesn't work out, it's okay to not use a stroller, <laughs> you know, um, and then it's okay if a particular carrier didn't work, but another one did. So yeah, just knowing that there are options, I think is so huge for new parents, knowing that there are options and that there are people, um, communities out there willing to support them, you know, is, is so important. Mm, yes. Wow. You've covered pretty much any question and more that I could have ever answered. It's like when I check out at Target and they're like, did you find everything? I'm like, yeah, I came for two things and I got like 20 things or the dollar store. That's my other like favorite. So, I mean, I had some questions, but you just nailed it. So you ask good questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I try. I'm like, what do I want to know as a new parent? What do I wish I knew when I had my first baby? You know, that's kind of where I put myself at, but uh, no, you're a wealth of expertise. And so for anybody who wants to keep in touch with Carla, she's on Instagram at the baby wearing club. And yes. then you do one-on-one consultations, like you mentioned on video and whatnot. So yes. yeah, I, I love that. I'll link everything up in the show notes. So it's really easy for people to find you. And then um, this episode will be posted on social media and you can just follow the tags and, and stay in touch with her. But is there anything else you want to add before we let our listeners go, Carla? Um, no, I think, I think we, we covered a lot today. And I think um, just being patient with yourself and giving yourself grace as a new parent, because I think we're mostly talking to new parents here. Um, just, just being patient with yourself, you know, as you're learning a new skill, not just a new skill, but as you're learning how to read a new person, how to, you know, you're learning about a new person and learning what they like, what they don't like, you know, um, what makes them, you know, calm and all of these things, just give yourself grace and, and patience because it's a lot. It's a big, it's a big, uh, a big thing to jump into parenthood, um, but you're not alone and there's always support around. Um, just reach out. No, we're here. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a great way to close our wonderful conversation now. And your little one slept through the whole thing. She so. did. I'm amazed. She's been wiggling a little bit. I just, I'm just kind of swaying. <laughs> I can see that. I'm like, I, I remember that sway. <laughs> Like, oh, stay sleeping. But yeah, she's, I've got the fan pointed at her. I'm swaying. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> see, you two can record podcasts if you just have a child. Wear your baby. <laughs> it's good for you and for baby. <laughs> it is, it is. I also feel like, you know, I don't know if this is like a true scientific benefit, but I do feel like it really helps me with my core strength to oh, wear yeah. a baby because it got me off my but a lot more. And then, you know, you really, you don't want to be hunched over and you don't want to be arched back and all those things. So you want to be cognizant of your posture and make sure it's a well-fitted carrier for you and your baby. So I feel like, you know, I'm not an advocate of doing the whole get your body back thing, but just for your strength, for you feeling, you know, more energetic and whatnot, it's important to have that core strength and honestly, baby wearing helped me so much with that. So I thank you, baby wearing, because you just were great for me. (laughs) You make a great point though, because as baby grows as well, it's this um, slow increase in weight that your body is now Mm. bearing. And that brings me to another thing that we didn't mention, but for social aspect for, you know, health aspect of it too, there are baby wearing um, dance classes, baby wearing workout classes, like 
amazing oh, stuff yeah. out there. Things that, and again, not, not so much for the whole idea of like getting your body back, but for the idea of um, staying active and healthy and not just physically, but for your mental health too. It does a world yes. of good to us to be out in fresh air, going for a, a hike. I mean, or, or walk around the park with other moms, you know, who, um, with an instructor who's able to show you how to take care of your pelvic floor postpartum, show you how to do gentle exercises to strengthen your body, to help your body recover. Um, it's amazing. While, you know, keeping your baby close to you, you know, you don't have to worry about getting a babysitter or, you know, if it, you can go during the day, if your partner's at work, you know, you can just take your baby with you. So, yeah. Oh, yes. So beautiful. I, I remember, I think they, you know, they've rebranded it to fit for mom, but it used to be called stroller strides. And yeah. I remember having a bunch of, you know, kind of people in my mom's groups that would go to that. And like I said, my first baby hated the stroller. My second, we could do stroller or carrier didn't matter. Uh, and so I felt like kind of excluded because of the name stroller strides, which I'm assuming yeah. is why they ended up changing it. Because I found out months later that you can wear your baby and still come to the classes. <laughs> so I thought the class was like, you need like a jogging stroller, you yes. know, and we're going to jog around the park or the mall if it's hot out yeah. kind of thing. Uh, no, it was, you know, doing those kinds of exercises, like you said, you know, all supportive for just postpartum health, pelvic floor. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I could wear my baby and come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there are so many cool things out there, like you said, and dads and um, my mother-in-law, wore our son when we went to visit her and yeah. we went on hikes and stuff. And it was like, everybody wanted a turn. So, um, I know sometimes, you know, other family members might be struggling with, you know, how do I bond with the baby baby wearing such a great tool? It is, it is. And grandparents love it. Like just to see a grandparent light up when you are able to help them put a carrier on it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. That other family members can join in on that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to push our luck with your little one waking up on us. So I will let you go, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Carla. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing all of your expertise with us. Well, I know that wasn't all of it, but gosh, it was <laughs> certainly a lot and a great head start for anyone who listened. So thank you. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that your listeners are interested in baby wearing and I just you know, wish them all the best in their new parenting journey. Mm, absolutely. Did you know that most moms struggle to produce enough breast milk for their babies or wonder if they're able to provide enough? As a mom of two who struggled with my own breastfeeding journey and was led to become a lactation consultant who now supports fellow moms and their babies, I created a product for breastfeeding moms who struggle with the frustration of trying it all but still weren't able to make enough breast milk for their babies. I've taken years of research and clinical experience to create a natural, organic, herbal blend to holistically support breast milk production, to balance your hormones, and to restore nutrients back to your body postpartum. This is called the Advanced Lactation Formula by Holistic Lactation, and it's now available on Amazon. If you'd like the link to this product to learn more, just head to the show notes and check it out. Also, you can visit my website at holisticlactation.com to learn more.